Welcome to Sleep With Me, the podcast that puts you to sleep. We do it with a bedtime story. All you need to do is get in bed, turn out the lights, and press play. Stories going to take your mind off of whatever makes it race. I mean, unless that's like something like you had a cup of coffee right before bed, we can't. But if it's thoughts, worries, emotions, I'm going to distract you from that. And slowly my story's going to get more and more boring. And you're going to drift off into dreamland. If this is your first time here, welcome. That's what we're here for. To help you fall asleep. You can find us on the web at www. Three W's, I might have said four, dot sleepwithmepodcast.com. We're on Facebook and Twitter. If you have any questions, it's feedback at sleepwithmepodcast.com. And I want to thank I want to thank Abby for her feedback. Thank you so much, Abby. It's lovely to hear from you. And anyone else that's got any feedback, anything nice to say, like Abby, or anything not not so nice or helpful, like Abby said, more swearing. I got no fucking problem with that, Abby. So thanks. You know what? That fucking Abby. <laughs> she wants me to fucking swear more, motherfuckers. So I'm going to do it. Fuck fuck all y'all. So that's that's a little bit of feedback. That's our feedback moment. Brought to you by Abby. So if you have feedback, feedback at sleepmoviepodcast.com or at Dear Scooter on Twitter. And it's the end of the month. Or the, well, this episode will be uh, on April 1st, since this podcast is already foolish enough. There's no April Fool's joke built in here. That wasn't an April Fool's joke. I really was swearing in honor of Abby. But if you can do me a huge favor and review and rate us wherever you consume your podcasts, which is one of three places, I think, iTunes, Stitcher or Podfeed. Wherever you heard of us, wherever you first picked us up, or wherever you listened to us. If you can take two seconds and just give us a couple stars, however many stars strike your mood, that'd be great. If you take a little bit more time and write a review, that'd be even better. Our goal is uh, 20 iTunes reviews and 6 Stitcher reviews or Podfeed reviews uh, so we can reach more people that are having trouble falling asleep. So thanks. Thanks ahead of time. Thank you so much for listening. Let's get on to the show. We have another episode of Get Bessos, the tale of Richard Warren Sears and James Cash Penny's escape from purgatory on a quest for vengeance against Jeff Bessos, founder of Amazon.com, who crushed their retail empires. Older episodes of Get Bessos can be found on our website, www.sleepwithmepodcast.com slash getbessos, B-E-S-O-S, no Z's, because this is a fictional podcast. When we last left off, the guys were in all places. Of all the places our heroes could be, they were in one of the worst places, hell. But they were on what seemed to be, started out as a perfectly... Uh, it wasn't a perfectly pleasant tour of hell, but it was a tour of hell. It seemed pretty cool and interesting. I didn't know so many things about hell until we went on that tour with the guys. But it was also like this veiled threat uh, from the devil, presumably, that if you keep fucking with us, 
you're going to be in trouble. We want some info from the, about this Gorebelly fellow. But then all of a sudden the bus driver blew up and the tour went awry and the hellhound Cerebus dove on top of the bus and started to try to get into the bus and attack James and Richard. And that's where we pick up this week with the bus under assault from Cerebus. The hellhound. On Get Bessos. So James is driving the bus. And Cerebus is beating him, and he's just driving through the slush in uh, the area of hell known for gluttony. And it's got their skin out, and Cerebus, he's trying to shake Cerebus, just like in an action movie, you know, where he's trying to drive straight and then hit the brakes and then turn fast. But Cerebus has got his claws, or paws, deep in the roof. Of the bus. And it's pretty funny that, you know, roof, roof, the dog's on the roof. Roof. If I was funnier, I would actually thought of some joke with a punchline. But, no. Okay, moving on. So Cerebus is there, and the door is open when Cerebus's head keeps coming in and trying to bite James. And RW's, like, trying to get Gorbelly on the radio with no luck. And things don't look too good. James like, crab, where are we going to, Richie? Richie, we gotta think, think of something, think of something. We gotta do something. And Richard, oh, buddy, buddy, I don't know this damn thing. Uh, and he's trying, he's trying to like pull it, one of the seats out of the bus and and throw it at him, but he can't get the seat out. And then James is like, Richie, Richie, the thermos. What about the thermos? Throw the, throw the, uh, throw the chicken soup at him. Throw the chicken soup in his eyes. So, R.W. grabs the the thermos from the bus driver's lunchbox and it's a it was a miss piggy lunchbox but it must have been vintage because inside the thermos is a great muppet caper thermos which obviously any idiot would know you would have a miss piggy thermos but he probably bought it at you know i don't know if they have well i wonder if if you can bring possessions to hell hell would have a really nice flea market since you probably can't, but if people are buried, maybe someone was buried with this lunchbox, and then because they were in hell, they were able to sell it at the flea market. And this how this guy, the bus driver, was an employee of hell. I don't know all the logistics. All I know is this bus driver had a Miss Piggy lunchbox, and inside it was great Muppet Caper thermos. But none of this matters. So, okay, take the thermos, throw throw the chicken soup. So you, RW opens the thermos. And it takes off this little screw top in the old-fashioned thermoses. And, of course, it's like, yes, to answer those of you who were alive back then, it does have the red internal nipple or whatever you want to call it. But it also has, as all thermoses do, something that's way too hot in it. And in this case, it's chicken soup. It's probably at 10 million degrees because they're in hell. And, you know, something at 9 million degrees is probably edible there. But 10 million, too hot. We might even be in the Kelvin scale. I don't even know what that is, but hell, it's hot. So R.W. throws the chicken soup into the dog's eyes and sizzles and burns. But it's the uh, actual the noodles and the uh, whatever the mom put in the chicken soup, which you know she probably made it spicy. Maybe there's some chilies in there or something. And service lets out a, like dog moan and tumbles off the bus. James spins the bus around, and he's like, holy crap. And then R.W. is watching Sarah. He's getting back up. 
And then James sees on the horizon a row of red, little tiny, small devil men. And they're walking around with their pitchforks through the slush. And they're kind of torturing the the gluttons that are in the slush blind. And they're just poking them with their pitchforks in different parts of their body. Their forehead or their cheeks or their chest or their neck. Just to make it more unpleasant. Because hell, I mean, James spins. He sees these guys. He spins a bus bag around. Guns it right at this one little devil man. And you might say, little devil, I don't know. I don't even know what species of creatures these are, humanoid, whatever. I don't have time to talk. We don't have time to talk about it. Guns the bus at this one guy. Runs him over. Hits the brakes. Spins the bus around. James dives out of the bus. Rolls in the slush. Somehow he does one of those barrel rolls with a, a submarine twist, I'll call it. Jumps up. Grabs the pitchfork. Runs back in the bus. And right as Cerebus is coming, he pokes Cerebus right in one of his noses uh, 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 with the pitchfork. Now, these pitchforks, it didn't look like it when we were just looking at the action sequence we were just in where they were just poking people. But, but these pitchforks operate on some hell technology. And I'm guessing, just off the top of my head, that it's probably like a high-frequency vibration that when you poke it into something, it causes immense pain it could be electrical charge could be extreme hot or extreme cold we don't know for sure but when you poke something it doesn't just hurt like it would getting poked with a pitchfork so when you get poked with this pitchfork it hurts and even cerebus it hurts so he gets poked so poor cerebus turns its head in pain and then james pokes it a couple more times in its ear and man i mean that hurts getting poked in a dog's ear is not a nice thing Cerebus lets out another cry. The Cerebus turns its body and James pokes it, pokes it, pokes it in its hind quarters. And then Cerebus just runs off out of gluttony into, into some other section of hell. Or maybe dives, I don't know, runs off past the horizon line. And James uses the pitchfork to knock away some of the frozen gluttony slush that was locking the door shut. And they close the bus door. And puts his tried his puts his pitchfork down. He's like, okay, I think he's gone. RW, are you alright? James turns, he's like, Richie, Richie, we're up, we're safe, we're safe. And then he looks and he sees RW has fainted at some point during this action. And he's clutching the uh, great Muppet Caper thermos like it was a baby, holding it tight. Or James pat James just pats his head and smiles and and then the C V comes back Scorbelly's mother to uh, Devil Dog. Come in, Devil Dog. Over. And I'll, I'll talk in regular language, but they're communicating in the CB lingo. But James gets on. He's like, hey, dudes, thanks for the help with the dog. He's gone. And uh, he's like, we need to figure out how to ha- how the hell to get the hell out of here, meaning hell. It's always, like, useful. Get, get me the hell out of here is really a... In, I love that saying. And then I mean, we need to get out of there. Break, break, you're 51, 20, you know, 27. And they're like, okay, we just need you to pick two people up. That's uh, part of the reason we uh, blew that driver up. They're like, I thought you blew the driver up to save us. Oh, no, no, yeah, we, we did to save you, but not, yeah. But, yeah, we can get you out of hell. You just need to pick two people up. And James like, no, no way. I will pick one person up. 
And they are close. Give me the closest person you need me to pick up. I don't know what. I can't believe. I, you know, just like Gorbelly, know we're gonna have some problems here. But I'll pick one person up if you get me the hell out of here, the hell out of hell. He's like, who do you want me to pick up? And they're like, well, actually, we have somebody like a Gluston. So just get your butt, get that bus over to Glustony and pick him up. And he's like, well, who do you want me to pick up? They're like, oh, we want you to pick up Freddie Sprague, like Freddie. Freddie Sprague. And James is like, you mean Father of the Electric Railway, Freddie Sprague? Fictional person? And they're like, yeah, yeah, kind of. I mean, very similar to that person, Freddie Sprague. Almost. Almost almost like the father of the electric railway. Technically, he wasn't even the father of the electric railway. He's the father of, like, electric tension or, like, multi-track where you could control all the cars. But anyway, so he's similar to that guy. Freddie Sprague. Very similar to him. So you're going to find him, and uh, he's a Gluston. James like, okay, well, what, how, how am I going to find him? Was it? Well, he was. Uh, he had a potted plant fetish. Remember, this is all in CB. That's why it sounds so clear. It's because I'm interpreting for you guys. He had a, a potted plant fetish. Whoa, boy, a potted plant fetish. Uh, yeah, he had um, an affinity for potted plants. But he, okay, well, remember, were you guys listening when they were talking about the sandwiches? So that's not a crime. Well, he owned uh, a, a, a few arboretums. He he had extensive gardens on his grounds. Okay, well, yeah, that's that's still it's creepy. But how's he in Glustony? I mean, we're almost at Glustony, but, but he was the largest contributor to the United New York Botanical Gardens. Okay, and he used to pay them. Just use your imagination, cash. Okay, okay. How am I gonna know what he looks like? Okay, well. He is being, how do we say this? It's going to be disturbing when you see him, but you'll know him. He's the only one we know of that's down there. And because of what he did to the plants, he's got some poison ivy and some blackberries and roses growing into, whoa, whoa, wait a second. He's got, they're growing in, in, oh, okay, Uh, I'll find him. So James is driving around, and then finally he busts into Glustony. He wheels by the sandwich fuckers, goes by the cake humpers, and sees this guy with the stuff going into his orifices. And James he pulls the bus right on next to him, kicks the door open, pitchforks the guy loose off the ground because everything's grown, you know. And we don't need to get into the details. It's disgusting. And James throws him on the bus and they start driving. He gets back out. All right, all right, uh, Corbelli's mother. Get me out of here. Get me out of here. And this guy, he's pretty much can't. He's still writhing in pain. And R.W. still asleep. So James is like, okay, what do I do? And they're like, okay, take the take the bus back to, uh, back to, remember they were talking about Zone 1 and Limbo and New Limbo. Okay, you're going you're gonna to go down that same canal you went down with the fake walls, the fake walls of fire. And drive through the wall on the left. And what you're going to do is they got this thing going there. We know they're under construction, but they're building this thing. It's called the uh, Eye of the Camel. I think your tour guide was referring to it. And what they're going to do is when the rich people get there, they're going to play on that whole parable or whatever that story was about putting the camel through the eye of a needle. And they're going to shove rich people in order to get into the zone one. They're going to push people right through this eye of 
that like when you die, your soul's going to be pushed through a needle. It's going to be extremely painful. Basically, you're going to be shoved from the netherworld where the souls mingle with the living or what I don't know. But it, you'll look, just look for a needle. You're going to drive the bus through the needle in reverse. And our theory is that you'll get through and you'll break through back into the known universe. Whoa, whoa, that's your theory that I'm going to... But Mr. Gorbel is pretty confident that this is the right theory. Oh, God. Okay, well... Um, all right, I I got this guy screaming in pain, the Spraga guy, and RW's out. Now, I'm stopping the bus before I go, and we need to get a couple things straight. I'm going to need some more from you than, than just the horn of Jethro, which you should have waiting at our hotel, and the stuff I've acquired here on this mission. You know, don't don't worry, Mr. Penny. Don't worry. When, when you get through, how how do we? How's this bus going to go through an eye of the needle? And then what, what's even like? How's this bus even? How do I know this bus isn't just going to run out of gas or something? Oh, well, it doesn't. That's what's interesting. We can't wait to get our hands on that bus because it it's running on the latest health technology, and it's got some sort of fission fusion lava technology in there. So it's not going to run out of gas ever, as far as we can tell. That's it. So another thing, well, I'll trade you the bus for something else. All right, how about that? And I'm going to tell you, I've got a plan. And while these guys are asleep, I want to meet with Mr. Gorbelli and go over it. But if, Well, we can't do that right now because Cerebus has reawakened and he's coming after you. And some of the health security forces are on alert now that the bus is... Okay, well, I need you to promise me that I'll be able to meet with Mr. Okay, well, sir, we promise, we promise. All right, so James pops a bus back in gear, poof, drives through, gets back, goes through gluttony, through lust. No, oh, he was already in gluttony. He drives back through lust, drives straight through the uh, Lust for Life Extreme Sports Park, busts up the half pipe of death, boom, goes through the wall, goes down the uh, alleyway they went down with the fake walls of fire, takes takes a turn sees this giant needle where they're actually doing play testing or some sort of testing. He sees souls like squeeze through the needle in these strange shapes and push the bus. He knocks a couple technician, hell technicians out of the way. Boom, goes through it. Goes through another Twilight Zone type situation with clocks and eyeballs. You know, the whole nine yards. It's like 2001 and I saw this preview at a movie last night. Oh, I wish I could give it to give it up for the person that made the movie, but I can't. But it looked wicked cool. So it's the next Kubrick, that type of stuff. You know, you've got liquid oil, everything. I think Scarlett Johansson's in it too. I will post it in the show notes because it looks badass. But anyway, so that boom. Next thing you know, they're on a highway, and they're on some sort of highway from hell. So they're on the highway from hell, and so, and it's a. It, there's really not much to see. It's uh, so James gets on the phone. He's like, "Yeah, I'm uh, ready." Uh, Gorbelli's mother, come in. This is uh, City Bus One. City Bus One. And they get on. They're like, "Okay, uh, looks like you got about a nine-hour drive on the uh, highway from hell. It's technically uh, in a rift between the uh, hell, heaven, inner judgment zone, but you're going to be going through there. There actually is a exit for Seattle. The exits are unmarked, so we'll alert you, and then you'll get out. So, James is like, nine hours? I got to? Okay, great. 
So James just starts driving. So then James is on the road, man. He's got one of those long, boring drives ahead of him. And they, the guy, uh, Freddie Reggae, Freddie Spraygay, crawls up to the front of the bus and he's like, uh, he's feeling a little bit better. And he's like, hey, man, thanks for rescuing me. James, don't mention that. Uh, he goes, uh, you know, congratulations on being the uh, father of electric tension. Thanks. But everything, once I found out the kind of man you were, you know, the man I was, you know, man doesn't choose the type, and they get in a little bit of a disagreement about sexual preferences, but then I'm ironing it out, and Freddie's like, listen, I mean, I'm just in a lot of pain, and I heard them say we got a long drive, like, can we just talk, and, and it just, I'm in pain, but it just feels so good here. The floor of this bus feels like the most expensive mattress I've ever been on. And the burning of my throat from being parched and needing water feels heavenly. Like hell is so awful. So anything we could talk about would just make me feel great. You look a lot like uh, James Cash Penny. Is that what they, they were calling you too? And he's like, yeah, I'm James Cash Penny. I'm on the run from purgatory and my buddy back there. That's R.W. Sears, isn't it? Yeah, you got it, buddy. It's R.W. Sears. He's my best friend, and we're on a secret mission that I can't talk about. Well, just tell me, like, what have you guys been up to since? Tell me about your, your, tell me about Purgatory. Well, Purgatory is extremely boring. I mean, it sounds like hell's, it's great compared to hell, I'm sure, but there's really nothing to do except for James and I would talk every day. And we would have tea and toast. That was about it for Purgatory. I remember sleeping a lot. There's not a a lot I don't remember. But I remember James would read the paper that he illegally acquired somehow and complain. And then at some point we got assigned the secret mission. Well, kind of assigned a secret mission. Well, well, then what happened when, when you left for your secret mission? Tell me, tell me. You know, you know, like the Titanic, those ships that cross the ocean. Yes, James. Tell me, tell me, tell me all about it. Well, we uh, now people they they take these boats instead of for travel, or for luxury. Like even the uh, common people take these boats, what they call the middle class. That I guess they're almost everybody takes these ships and they go to different places. And they're like these floating hotels, and they're full of vice. They're wonderful. Now, not not the kind of vice you're into with their potted plants. So I'm sure if you slip the bellhop some money, you sick man. Anyway, I'm not going to judge you because I know you're in a lot of pain. But yeah, so we were on this cruise ship, and we had to acquire something from a, from a fellow. I needed to acquire his thumbs. So that's the kind of man you're dealing with, just in case you get the wrong idea. And you start looking at me like I'm a plant. I took a man's thumbs. Okay? And so we did that, and then then we met a man who had, had sold his soul to the devil for a, a larger uh, sexual uh, penis, a larger, larger dick. And, oh, really... It's a good thing about plants, they don't care about size. Yeah, and so we work, We had to work with that guy, we had to do some interviewing. So do you guys work for, like, God, 
or the devil or what? No, no, we don't. I can't tell you who we work for, sir. Okay, plant fucker. But so we worked with that guy. And we we you know, pushed him around, you know, interrogated him. I didn't need to take his thumbs or anything. And so we did that. Oh, and then another thing, you know, remember when me and, me and uh, RW used to have the, our stores and there were departments and there were marble and places where you could have a sandwich and, and spend the day. Oh, they have, to, they, got the, they have this thing. I, I can't get into everything they have, but they got these giant things they call shopping malls, which are kind of like the cruise ships I was talking about earlier. That's what they call them, the cruise ships. And so James and I worked there for a little while. Buddy, I, I know you're into plants, but they got these stars nowadays. They're called the Kardashians. Sisters. Sisters three. And there's a other oh, sisters five, but there's sisters three in my heart. And they're the most loveliest sirens of beauty. They called me to spend money. The sound of their voices and... One of them is married to this guy called the Lord. He's cool, and they have a brother. He's a riot, that guy. So we got to spend some time with those beauties. My heart, I actually forgot all about that I was in love, but for a time my heart was was one with with all three of them. I didn't want to tell R.W. that I was in love with this girl, but I, I was in love with the Kardashian, the girls, young women. And uh, so we did that. Next thing you know, we were uh, back in the West, the Wild West, uh, kind of. A Western movie. We were on the set of a Western movie, yeah. That's what we are doing. And I was making sweet love to flappers. And women, not flappers, like flapjacks. And that was pretty great. You falling asleep there, plant boy? Yeah, please, James, just keep talking. Yeah, so I was dealing with these flappers and these villains, and and, I, and it was like 1930s night, and it was a western. It was confusing, I tell you. But, yeah, go ahead and go to sleep, buddy. And then James and I met a young man I took under my wing for about 8 to 12 hours named Darian. I like to call him Darren. He was a little math guy, and he had all these... He had, you know... Like, uh, he had this magical box that people nowadays, they use them all the time, filled with all sorts of little cocks and thingamajigs. You could find coffee. You could place a phone call. Darian taught us a bunch of stuff about life. He introduced us to the teachings of the Cobra Commander. Cool. Was a freedom fighter. You might not have heard of him because he was in this weird spot in American history. But yes, we learned about that and how Cobra Commander stood up for what he believed in and never gave up. And sometimes he pushed too hard, and but he was up against the man, as they call him, and he couldn't win. He never won. You can't win that. You almost asleep there, plant boy. Kind of like in hell, you never, all ye who enter here, abandon all hope, whatever they say. All who enter here, abandon hope, abandon hope all, whatever. Yeah. So we, Sedarian passed on to, yeah, RW has a thing with Ethan, you know, 
he had a reaction to something. So we buried sweet, sweet Darian and dealt with his family. Then we learned about this awful plot that these oil barons have to dig up the earth and fill it with junk and pump the oil out, even though it's worthless right now, and the lack of vision, so we had to slap them around. And I didn't have to take any thumbs there either. And then we made our way to Wash the state of Washington, Washington State. And I met a sweet lady there, and I'm still she still has my heart. And then I said to myself, you know, there's probably some guy who wants to love plants that needs to be rescued for reasons I don't understand. And that's you, and you're asleep now, so I can't tell you that much more. I could tell you that for some reason, for some reason I love driving. So James just let those two, R.W. still passed out and curled up with his great Muppet caper, Thermos, and this guy, Sprague. He was out cold. Might have been out cold from the pain of having... I don't know, maybe he wounds cauterize themselves in hell. Maybe you can't get an infection in hell that you can take out. So James just drove yellow lines and white lines cruising by. And he was like he was in a dream, flying down the road. Dream off, driving off to dreamland. That's where the express bus is picking you up. Taking you to bedtime, Wag. Good night.